Hey, what's up? It's Avery here. Well, I guess who else would it be? It is my own show. <laughs> you see, my show is on platforms like iTunes and Spotify, and you may wonder, how do I get my show on these platforms? Well, I do it through an app called Anchor. It's free to download, and you can use it on your phone or on your laptop. And it also comes with creation tools that let you edit your show. You can also make that sweet moolah with your podcast with no minimum listenership. So, want to get started? Download the Anchor app on the Google Play Store or Apple's App Store. Or go to anchor.fm. It's that easy. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up, what is up, what is up? Welcome back to Avery Sports Show. And if you know the show for a while, you know I have a long, I have a long background in the game of lacrosse. I grew up playing it here in Edmonton. I covered the Edmonton Rush and the Toronto Rock in National Lacrosse League. I love lacrosse, be it box or be it field. So I wanted to have someone on who's pretty close to the game right now. It is the voice of the PLL and also the voice of the New York Islanders on MSG. Mr. Brendan Burke. Brendan, how are you doing today, sir? Welcome to Avery Sports Show. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Now, of course, of course. I want to ask you, first first things first, Brendan, how did you get involved? Like, how were you approached about doing commentary for the PLL on NBC? Yeah, well, I have a relationship with, with NBC. I've worked for them for the past few years as well, doing uh, some, some regular season NHL games and also some Stanley Cup playoff games. So um, I, I kind of worked my way into NBC. And uh, when this came up, uh, I guess it was back in October when I originally uh, got touched up about it. Um, it was even before the league had been announced, and it was just kind of a, hey, this is the direction we're, we're thinking about going. And then I think they wanted uh, a little bit of a hockey feel to the way that the lacrosse was going to be broadcast. So uh, it seemed like a natural fit for me, and, and I'm, I'm happy that I was able to, to fill in that role. Now, of course, so far, you're doing a great job in calling games on NBC. And I want to ask you, though, Brendan, do you have a bunch of background in all lacrosse at all? No, not really. You know, I grew <laughs> up in, in northern New Jersey um, at a time where, you know, at my high school started a team my senior year. So it just wasn't a sport that was played when I was growing up uh, in the area where I was growing up. So, um, you know, I, I called a, a game or two in college. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, really very little exposure to the sport. That, like I said, uh, I was contacted about it in October. So I kind of had a, a pretty good head start on trying to learn the game and get up to speed. And, and uh, I, I spent a lot of time watching it and went to as many games as I could once the weather got nicer. <laughs> it fit in with the hockey schedule. and uh, it, it, I, I fall in love with the sport, I can say that. That's awesome. As, as a bit of a newcomer to the game, what is the coolest thing you learned about lacrosse in your tenure as a broadcaster in the game now, Brendan? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, obviously I, I really appreciate the rule changes that, that the PLL has made, shortening the field, shortening the shot clock, mm -hmm. you know, moving the two-point arc, and I think changing the face-off rules, a lot of those little tweaks uh, that have kind of sped up the game and made it, uh, I think the best version of the sport that we've seen, in my opinion, I mean, it's 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 fast, it's athletic, it shows off the skill sets of all the players, um, you know, and, and really, I I've grown to appreciate, uh, you know, the the wide skill sets that these players have to have, and that it's not just 
you know, to a certain extent, when you talk about football, it's just the most athletic guys that you can find. And obviously, there's there's more skill and talent than that. But right. you have to be this this uber athlete in order to compete. I think that there and lacrosse is a sport where there's a role for everybody. And you see a guy like Joey Sankey, who's all of five five, that can find a role and score goals in the PLL. But you know, there's also Room for the Trevor Baptiste and the Matt Rambos and the bigger guys that, that can, you know, muscle their way around. So I, I just, I really appreciate how everybody can find a role in such a great sport. No, they truly can. They really can, Brendan. And this is the league where it's been the, it was the brainchild of Paul Rabel, the first million dollar guy in lacrosse. And of course, he, he played in National Crossing for years. He played Major League Lacrosse for many years. But he's really been an innovator in this league. And how cool is it to see a guy who's been promoting this league from the ground up, it's his idea. Also, still be involved in playing with Atlas because some guys might say, you know, oh, I'm gonna take a backseat to playing and focus mainly on being in the boardroom. But no, he's out there playing a full season on top of being a promoter, making sure that this league gets to its pinnacle very soon. Yeah, I mean, Paul Rabel deserves uh, a lot of credit for, for everything he's done to the sport. I mean, he was the right guy to do what he's trying to do. I think he's he's the perfect ambassador for the sport. He's so well-spoken, so uh, intuitive, and he has uh, as good of a lacrosse player as he is, and he's an incredible lacrosse player. Mm -hmm. uh, he's equally savvy in the business world. Uh, so he's the perfect combination, talking about the skill sets that some of these guys have. He's the perfect combination to be a player, but also be an executive. And, uh, they're trying to build a league for the players. You know, That's their slogan, for the players. It's a very unique perspective when you have one of the founders of the league that is an active player. So a lot of times there's a disconnect between the front office, the league office, and the players that play in the league. That's not the case here. They are very much in tune with what's going on at the player level because their founder is one of the players. It's a very cool aspect, and I think it fits well for everybody involved that they have somebody on the ground floor that's also in the penthouse. Of course, and you mentioned the fact that it's a player's league. I know also, too, also Kyle Harrison involved in the front office, and also, too, also equity involved for the players. How big is that not just to make sure that the ownership is two or three players, the fact that they're spreading the wealth among all these different players because it's important that you make sure you include rookies as well as the veterans in this game, in my mind. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't just want to take care of a few guys. They want the league to grow. And, you know, the, the goal of the league is to make professional lacrosse something that kids want to do yeah. and strive for and that's the difference between lacrosse and the other major sports right now is that hockey players growing up as kids have a dream of playing in the National Hockey League. Kids growing up playing basketball want to play in the NBA. That doesn't really exist to a large extent for kids growing up playing lacrosse. Kids growing up playing lacrosse want to win a national championship, want yes. to play in a Final Four. There's not that I want to make a living playing lacrosse. And if they can change that mindset for the younger generation of players, that is going to grow the game exponentially. And you're starting, you're going to start getting some of these elite athletes that right now maybe are playing other sports going to start to be drawn towards lacrosse. Of course, I agree more. And when the league was first announced, of course, people were assuming that they would be the, the traditional six teams, six different cities. But it was kind of radical to see Paul Rebel go with that tour route because you've had, you now you have everybody being able to see every team play in Boston, New York, Chicago, Baltimore, and now um, Hamilton's coming up next week. I'm sure it's even bigger to get this game, this game grow across the continent by having every team go to every single tour stop, not just making um, the traditional six teams, six cities, where you can see every single um, star player during one weekend. 
Yeah, you know, there, there's multiple aspects to this. I think one was if you only have six teams and you pick six markets mm-hmm. and you put six teams there and you're playing three of those markets every weekend, you are immediately hyper-localized where you are not a national sport. You are not going to be a national sport because you are taking very small communities and making them the focal point where with the ability that that the PLL has to pop up all over the country and put boots on the ground in what will be 12 different cities during the regular season and playoffs and then throw in Los Angeles uh, for the All-Star game. You're, yes. you're hitting 13 different cities in one season all around the country. And because of what we're doing at NBC, we're allowing people to follow the league every game, every weekend, no matter what city they're in. So you've got the national TV aspect of it, and then you've got 13 different markets, big markets all around the country that are getting to see it firsthand, and that's just to plant the seed, and hopefully it will grow from here and we'll mix in some different cities next year, probably go back to some cities next year and uh, just see how this thing grows. Of course, and you mentioned a city that I saw during the All-Star weekend. Um, Paul and Kyle were being asked on Twitter about future markets, and someone asked, do you guys foresee a day where the PLL could come over overseas? And Paul mentioned the idea of possibly in 2020 having a tour stop in London. How big would that be this week to lead North America and have a tour stop in England? Maybe follow up with a tour stop in, say, Italy or Spain or wherever else to truly make the PLL a global brand. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's got to be the goal for for everybody. I mean, I think that when you look at sports and you look at just everybody trying to tap into these markets and what you know the NHL in China is trying to do, and just as an example you know, to kind of grow the game globally. That's what sports are now, because with the with the smartphones and the broadcasting and the web capabilities, you can watch anything anywhere. Yeah. And so you can be a fan of anything anywhere. And, you know, just to take NBC for an example, how many people watch Premier League soccer on NBC and the Premier League never comes to the United States, <laughs> I mean, not as a whole. No. You'll see some teams from time to time. But so you can generate global interest there. And if you go and showcase your product, especially in a time right now where lacrosse is pushing towards getting to be involved in the Olympics as soon as possibly 2028. I think that that would be good for the growth of the game if they can, you know, branch over into Europe and just kind of keep growing the game. That's, that's the goal of the PLL is to grow the game to a level that it's never seen before. No, of course, it's a great goal to have. And I know with NBC, what you guys have been doing, it's been so fun. I remember growing up and watching how NBC innovated with the XFL, having interviews mid-game. And I'm seeing the PLL doing that now on NBC where you're having interviews before face-off. This is kind of, you would never see the NBA have an interview before, before tip-off or interview with a player while he's standing behind the net. It's truly fun, interactive with the broadcast and the fans in a way, Brendan. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that, that's never been done before. <laughs> You know, the technology behind it is outstanding. You know, you've seen this in all games where they'll put an earpiece in a guy and have him, you know, go out of the field or, or play in the game and you can talk to him. But what we've been able to do is basically wire the help, you know, speaker system, not actually impairing their ears. You're not actually aware that it's even in there. And the microphones are lightweight and, and tucked right into their shirts and, you know, they don't even feel them. So, He's got the ability to not hinder the player. If Atlas is on attack and Archers is playing defense, you've got the other guys on the other side of the field that are standing around waiting for that to change. And you can kind of ask questions and talk about it. Or that face-off is 
put into play after goals. Perhaps a guy to have to break down his own goals. So uh, it, it's a really cool feature. It's one of the best things that we're able to do on the broadcast. Truly is fun. And, you know, I'm looking at the league right now, but I, men I mentioned expansion. And up here in Canada, Brendan, we're a market in which... We're so ingrained with the National Lacrosse League and Box Lacrosse. How big would it be for this um, league to get up here more often? Maybe having, like I mentioned, there's a stop in Hamilton coming up next week, trying to get into Toronto next year or in Edmonton or Vancouver to show that, hey, you can have Box Lacrosse coexist with Field Lacrosse in harmony. You know, I mean, I think that you, you see so many of the Box Lacrosse players, you know, in the PLL. Uh, and, you know, there's a natural fit there. So if you've got guys that are you know, Toronto fans, and you want to come watch Tom Schreiber, come watch Tom Schreiber. Yes. You know, so there's there's so much of that box influence in the game. You know, certain teams, chaos has a lot of Canadians and a lot of box influence. So um, it'll be fun to get up there to Hamilton this weekend. Uh, it'll be fun to get to Albany in a couple of weeks as well and, and kind of, you know, get that Canadian flavor a little bit to it. So I, I know that that's a big part of the sport. I mean, there's so many of these players are Canadian and so many of these, these fans of, of the sport are are Canadian, and I know we were on Sportsnet this weekend from San Jose, and hopefully there's, uh, you know, growth opportunities there, if not to get the sport physically to Canada, at least to have our broadcast reach Canada on a more regular basis. Of course, absolutely, and you're also part of the All-Star Game broadcast in Los Angeles, and it was fun watching the All-Star Game, seeing guys in a bit of a lighter format, but what was really cool was the fact that you also had two rule changes in which you had an actual uh, hockey-style ball face-off, and you had like a basketball style, take the ball out of the net and carry it up past half. I mean, that's really cool to see an all-star game being creative with the rules for what could potentially be involved in regular season down the road, Brendan. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just, uh, you know, kind of a testing ground for it just to, just to see. And why not? The all-star game is the perfect spot for it. I don't think Trevor Baptiste and Greg Gorenli needed to take face-offs over and over and over again in an all-star game. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of a nice way to experiment a little bit with the rules, see what it would do if if that was something that made sense or not, or if it was just complete nonsense. But either way, it gave those guys, you know, half the game off because they didn't have to take, you know, real face-offs against one another and uh, still keep the game competitive and keep the game flowing. So it, it was fun. I don't know if anybody really is clamoring to see the face-offs go away during the regular season, but for an all-star game type of thing, it was fun to watch. And of course, I want to ask you, whose idea was it? To have one team wear tie-dye jerseys. Is that your idea, Brendan? <laughs> you know, I, I'm not involved with the league, so I'm not 100% sure. But, uh, you know, Paul Ripple is the fashion icon, and, the, and he's very fashionable. So I would imagine uh, that was his brainchild. Uh, it probably could have been. I know now with the league where it games in. And one thing that's interesting in the, in the, is that right now you have the top four. If the season were to end today, it would be Chaos, Whip Snakes, Archers, and Redwoods in the postseason. And you also have the fact that being a bottom two team doesn't mean your season's over. You still play for a draft. How cool that to say, you know what, hey, yeah, you're a bottom two. You have something to play for at the end of the year. It's something that other leagues have talked about doing, but the PLL is the first league to really say, hey, we're going to actually make a, make that happen in which you want a number one draft and you ought to play for it for next year. Yeah, I mean, everybody is uh, teams to tank. You know, the, the NHL's got the lottery process. I mean, the most... Uh, leagues have the lottery process, where just because you finish in last place, they'll get you the first overall pick. They want to avoid, you know, teams intentionally trying to do that. So what the PLL did is, is take the bottom two teams and give them an opportunity to get the first overall pick. But you have to win to get it. Mm. And so if you finish fifth or sixth, you still have to win at least two games 
in order to get that first overall pick. And if you finish third or fourth, you can still, or, or even if you finish first or second, if you lose and wind up, uh, you know, not in the championship game, you have an opportunity to win uh, that first overall pick. So you, even if it, you finish in last place, if you want to play, or if you want to have that first overall pick, you better be playing good lacrosse at the end of the season because you're going to need to win your last game. No, of course, that is very true. I want to ask you for a few of the guys in the league right now. How much fun has it been watching a guy like Marcus Holman this year? 20 goals so far this season, 2.5 goals per game. He's been killing it so far this year as a league leader right now. Yeah, and he's just one of the guys. I mean, Holman had four yesterday to get to 20. Jules Henningberg's been on fire. Mm -hmm. He's got 20 as well. Uh, Connor Fields is just tearing it up on a regular basis with, you know, every game he plays, he, he makes you stop and say, wow. Uh, you know, with what he does. And then, uh, I mean, really on every team, Matt Rambo putting up 30 points in the first seven weeks of the season. I mean, every team has somebody that, that makes you, you stop and think. And even a guy like Jared Newman, who, who plays defense, close defender most of the time, yeah. you know, he's got the most lethal two-point shot in the game, and he just lets it fly. He's got five of them already. So, um, you know, there are so many guys that on a regular basis are, are putting up big numbers, big games. Uh, and it has certainly made the league a lot of fun to watch. No, it truly has. I mentioned the, the playoff race right now. You're seeing, like, earlier in this year, it looked like the Redwoods were, were playing well, but now they've lost two straight. And now I mentioned that whole playoff and uh, the whole playoff battle and the draft pick battle. They're a team that they've gone from possibly being in the postseason to playing for a draft pick now. They've lost two straight now, and they're at four and four. And Atlas is right behind them now at three and five. Yeah, I mean, going into the last two weeks of the season, everybody can still kind of move around. Chaos is the only team. You know, those locked into the championship bracket. Uh, Chrome, who started the season, you know, winless in their first five games. They've got an opportunity to beat Atlas next week. And if the Redwoods lose as well, they can beat Redwoods and, and try and jump over both ends of the final week of the season and get it. So much is up in the air. The way the playoff format is, uh, there's a huge difference, not only between, between finishing fourth and fifth, which would put you in the championship bracket or the draft bracket, but the difference between finishing second and third is huge because the top two teams play and the winner of that game gets a bye. So mm -hmm. if you finish first or second, you can actually lose a game in the playoffs and still play for a championship, where if you finish third or fourth, you lose one game, you're done. So there's a, a huge incentive not only for teams to get into the top four, but getting into the top two is even more important. No, it truly is. It truly is. I know what the PLL and... Being a next-generation sport, uh, as, a, as a broadcaster yourself, Brendan, how important is it for, I guess, younger broadcasters? Because I know your broadcasters in sports, they always want to get involved in covering the NBA or covering the NHL or covering Major League Baseball. Would you encourage younger broadcasters to say, hey, try covering lacrosse, give covering PL a chance, because you never know, if you're my age, 26, 25 years old, you, could be, you can get involved in this league in the future and grow your brand by covering a sport next generation. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that obviously the PLL is uh, is tough because there's only one broadcaster, and that's me. <laughs> but uh, even as a writer, though, like the traditional where there's there's six markets, six cities, and there's radio broadcasts, TV broadcasts. Right now, it's just one broadcast, and if that changes in the future, then certainly that would be something to strive for. But you know, obviously, there's so many good college lacrosse programs, mm -hmm. and, and you know that that need and want coverage, and it, it certainly. A good skill set to have as a broadcaster, especially if you're a guy uh, that is interested in hockey or can call hockey. There's a lot of similarities in terms of the speed of the game and the ability to identify, you know, players right very rapidly throughout the course of broadcast. So there's a skill set to translate, I think, from hockey, which helps me. 
Uh, but certainly lacrosse is a sport that uh, if you're good at it, it's going to be good for your broadcasting skill set in general. Of course, I couldn't agree more than that. I knew to ask you before I let you go. Uh, being a guy who's probably on this broadcast team, what was it like seeing this team go in the first round and knock off the Pittsburgh Penguins in round one? And also, it was a lot of fun to be a part of, certainly, mm-hmm. with that firsthand. I think that, you know, the Islanders all season were, you know, not getting the recognition that they deserved. Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed like every time the Islanders won a game, the story from the other team's media was about how poorly their team played on that night. And maybe the Islanders were the reason all of those teams played poorly uh, at the end of the night. It wasn't just a fluke. And so even, I think, going into the playoffs, you know, the Islanders finished with the fifth-best record in hockey. And still they were the underdog for a lot of people going into a playoff matchup against the Penguins. So to, to actually see them vindicated, uh, you know, by sweeping the Penguins and proving to everybody that they were not a fluke and that they were a good hockey team, um, you know, it was a really cool thing to witness and, and kind of get them the respect that they deserve. And, and, and the same thing with the the, the Jennings Trophy and the goaltending. I mean, mm. The Islanders were the worst team in goals allowed uh, coming into the season, and they shaved 100 goals off their total yes. in one season with a new coach, a new goaltending coach, and obviously Robin Leonard was a big part of that. Uh, so to, to see that turnaround and to, to get the league recognition and, and to say, hey, these guys were the best in the entire National Hockey League, uh, you know, it, it was it was a fun season to be part of. No, of course. And this team showed that they are just more than John Tavares because there was a whole concern, oh, Tavares is now in Toronto, the other is going to fall off. This is still a team who, as you would know, had Anders Lee, had Brock Nelson, had... Matt Barzell, Jordan Eberle, and Josh Bailey. This was still a very good team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that was uh, that was the case that they were trying to make. Is like, hey, we had John Tavares, and he's a very good player. But first of all, he's only one player. Mm-hmm. And second of all, we missed the playoffs without him. <laughs> he wasn't exactly like he was carrying the team to all of his success. And so, you know, a lot of times you see teams defer to superstars. And, hey, I don't have to do it because we've got Tavares. And once he left, I mean, this team is really void of any true superstar. He's got great players on it, but no top five, top ten type of guy in the National Hockey League. So everybody kind of does it themselves, and, and they played great team hockey. I compared a few times to, to the Vegas story, their inaugural season where they make it all the way to the Stanley Cup final. Really, again, void of any true superstar. They just played good team hockey and there's something to be said for that and so they had the right coach and Derek Trotz pushed the right buttons everybody bought in and the result was uh, an incredible ride last season it truly was it truly was and Brendan thank you for doing the show I, I appreciate it buddy and hopefully I'll see you in Hamilton I'm, I'm trying to come to Hamilton next week for the next PLL stop so if we can see them in person meet you in person talk a little bit of lacrosse with you and some hockey with you at Tim Hortons Field if I can make it out <laughs> hey Hey, that'd be perfect. I, uh, I'm looking forward to Tim Hortons Field, and I'm looking forward to some Tim Hortons coffee. I haven't had it since the end of hockey season, so <laughs> I'm pumped up about that. <laughs> awesome, as you should be. 